Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Open Mic Podcast. My name is Caroline. I am a junior at Columbia University, and I'm so excited to be hosting this new series where we'll be talking about school and life and everything in between. Each episode will feature a different topic and a different guest. And today, I'm so excited to be introducing you to my good friend, Falal Siddiqui. Falal, thank you for being with me today. Thank you for having me, Caroline. <laughs> How's everything going? Do you want to give a quick introduction about yourself? Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, everything's good. Um, so hi, everyone. My name is Bilal Siddiqui. I am 20 years old, and I'm in my third year at the Sophie Davis Biomedical Education Program at the CUNY School of Medicine. And me and Caroline have been friends for a while now. I think we mm -hmm. met first in like elementary school. Yeah, I think it was fifth grade, right? Mrs. Treber's class. Yeah. Is that when you first <laughs> moved into the district? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. And then we went to middle school and then high school together. Yeah. And I think the last time, last time we met in person was probably... Was like it the last day? I think it was high school, yeah. High school graduation. So it's been a long yeah, time. It really has. So yeah, we heard that Bilal is a super smarty and he goes to Sophie Davis School of Biomedical Ed Education. Do you want to give a quick overview of what that is? What it means to, to have your BSMD kind of combined? Yeah, so uh, the Sophie Davis uh, Biomedical Education Program is a program that combines both your undergrad and your medical school. So when you apply in high school, you're pretty much applying to both undergrad and medical school. And so you just have to keep a GPA requirement. And if you do that, then you're accepted into the medical school and you don't have to take the MCAT. So it's pretty nice uh, just having that sense of security. I guess like going into a BSMD combined program, you really have to be set on pursuing an MD um, degree when you're in high school. And I know it's kind of early for some people. How did you know that you wanted to do this? Uh, so my mom is actually a doctor and she's probably the biggest reason that I like, I even applied to BSMD programs. Um, just like having her in my life and watching her, I kind of knew from early on that I wanted to be a doctor mm -hmm. and you know, she just pushed me as like, this is like, you'll save yourself so much stress in the future if you can get into one like out of high school. So yeah, she just pushed me really hard. Do you think it's like, now that you're in the track, do you think that was a good good decision for, for yourself? Um, I do think so. Like just looking at my peers who are struggling a bit and like have to commit to a lot of uh, extracurriculars as well as studying extra hard, maintaining their GPA. Um, I don't really have those uh, restrictions on me, so I can kind of just enjoy myself for now. Mm -hmm. Also, it's a seven-year program, right? Because generally, you have your four years of undergrad, at least in the U.S., you have your four years of undergrad. Um, some people may or may not take a gap year or two or more than that, and then you have to apply to medical school, and then that's another four years. And so basically, you have your condensed version, which is a seven-year program, and you're guaranteed acceptance as long as your your gpa is maintained right so i feel like that's yeah that's really good too since it is condensed since it's not your typical four plus four do you want to kind of explain how that works like how are you able to fit eight years of material into seven okay so basically first year of undergrad is pretty much the same at any other college you do have some required courses that you need to take but other than that you're pretty much free but then starting the second year they make you take classes that uh, they tell you to. So you start losing your freedoms to take what classes you want besides the collectives. And so they kind of fast track everything. Uh, I think it was starting from 
uh, winter of second year, they start making you take classes during breaks. So I think we started class like in the beginning of January. So we kind of missed out on some breaks, but to, but that's in order to save the year. And then they actually start the medical school portion in the spring of third year. So like that's when I'm taking anatomy and like other like medical school classes officially. Mm. Spring of third year. So that's like basically now, right? Yeah, that's now. Yeah. And yeah, when the time of this filming of this podcast, I think it's your third day of, of your official start of the semester. Yeah. How has it been so far? It's been all right so far. Uh, classes are a bit dense and we don't have much break, but uh, I've, but they did change the curriculum a bit so that it would be a little easier for us. Like we we're supposed to take two classes uh, back to back or at the same time, but now they changed it. So then we're taking them back to back. So. Um, we have a class called Fundamentals of Organ Systems, uh, which is like from now until middle of April. And then from April to June, we have anatomy. And uh, a lot of students used to complain that having them together was really hard. But um, yeah, they listened and they changed a bit, a bit so that it would be easier for us. Oh, that's good. I like that they they like listen to student feedback and then like adjust accordingly. I feel like that's a, that's a good way for the school to respond. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine just like, cause this is, this is like, we're in the same year, right? So this is our technically my junior spring and then Bilal's junior slash senior spring of undergrad. How has the transition been? Like the transition, I know you kind of gradually go into the medical yeah. school curriculum. How has that been? I feel like it's a big jump, is it? I don't really think so. I guess in class difficulty, yes, there is a big jump like from taking orgo to taking like medical school biochem there was actually like a pretty big learning curve and mm -hmm. uh thankfully um there we have a lot of guidance from like older students uh we are paired with like a buddy system so we have a mentor mm -hmm. and that was really helpful in like telling us how we should study what we need to focus on mm -hmm. so thankfully it wasn't too bad but mm -hmm. there definitely is like a difference in terms of the difficulty and mm -hmm. i think one thing that kind of helps you uh change your mentality a bit is like in third year you're supposed to get your white coat we didn't get it so yet because of the pandemic uh -huh. I think they're trying to hold out and see if we can do the ceremony in person yeah. but I think just having that like the white coat is like something that like physically shows you that you know you're on your path to becoming a doctor now so you have to get serious that's so exciting do you want to explain what the white coat ceremony in case people yeah. what it is like in case people don't know what it is so basically the white coat ceremony is uh, a ceremony where uh, everyone is like given a white coat to signify that they're entering into the medical field. So it's from that point that you kind of, uh, you're swearing yourself to abide by like principles to keeping, holding your patient's life like at the highest and like taking care of them. Mm -hmm. Like watching videos of it kind of reminds me of, it's kind of like a graduation ceremony, but yeah, like a, a rite of passage into medical school and it's just so yeah. exciting and then I've seen some virtual ones on YouTube where they have it pre-recorded but then or maybe like live streamed or something like that and then at home people are recording themselves and their parents like putting on their white coats for them and I feel like that's <laughs> it's very meaningful it's a very meaningful rite of passage <laughs> yeah I think they did the last white coat ceremony for, like virtually mm. how many how many people or at this, I guess, like how many people are in the program each year that? Uh, so 
it's around 70, but the number changes because, like, if you fail a class, then you're actually, like, held back a year. So I think, like, just now we had, like, 19 people join us for, like, this class because they failed it previously. Mm. Yeah, so it, it kind of fluctuates. Mm-hmm. Do you form really close connections with the rest of your group since you're going through, instead of, like, just four years of undergrad, you're going through seven years of education with them? Yeah, um, I mean, it has been only my third year, so sure, sure. Uh, but <laughs> I, I do expect so. Um, like some pe- some people like really like it, but at the same time, you're stuck with the same people for all seven years. So, you know, you don't really get that change of scenery if you wanted it. But yeah, I do think that relationships will kind of be like pretty strong by the end of uh, by the end of the seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Sophie Davis itself is located kind of by Columbia like yeah it's mm-hmm. literally only two subway stops away I think yeah two or three. It's so yeah. close but we haven't had the chance to meet up or, or have like I guess pre-COVID like have lunch or yeah. anything like that but maybe after after everything passes every after we are able to return to campus we should definitely definitely do that yeah definitely how do you like find the city because I know like we're from New York originally yeah so, like, do you enjoy staying in New York I, I really do. Like, it is very different from like Long Island mm-hmm. and just like being able to have so many things within like walking distance or within mm-hmm. like not needing a car to go wherever you want. I really do think that is pretty great. Like after class, I can like ask my friends, hey, do you want to go like downtown, grab some food or something? And then like within like 30, 40 minutes, we can be like at like a cafe or at like a nice restaurant eating. How often do you, would you say you like go downtown? Um, I would say like a couple of times a week. Oh, that's actually pretty good. That's yeah. Like a nice frequency. I guess like also for me, just cause like we were supposed to like take a lot of elective credits, but AP credits covered for those. So like I was pretty much covered on that end. So my course load was pretty light. So I had mm-hmm. a lot of free time actually to oh, that's so you know, just hang out. Yeah. Is it like AP Bio, AP Chem? Yeah, they basically took like every AP, like up to 17 credits. And we only needed 19 credits for electives. Oh, so wow, I just need nice. to take one class, yeah. Oh, that's actually that so it. great. Yeah. Yeah, like that one credit, one credit required. <laughs> oh, wait, was that two? Am I doing math Yeah, two. <laughs> two, two. It's been two. I'm thinking it's been, 18 for some reason. It's been yeah. too long since uh, D's multivariable calculus class. Oh my gosh. Shout out to Dr. D. Marinas. If you're listening to this, maybe we'll send this, we'll send this podcast to you. <laughs> yeah. Bilal and I, we, so we, we met in elementary school, but then we, middle school, were we in any of the same classes? I feel like we, I think in sixth grade we were, right. We were both in a uh, wine. Uh, wait, was there? I don't even remember, but I do feel we had, did we? Really team team 6A, 6B, 6C. Okay. We had different teachers within those different teams. I feel like that's how it was organized. And then high school was different. Yeah. Yeah. But then we did take our last year, so our senior year, um, we did take multivariable calculus with Dr. D. And that was so fun. That was It really was. I liked it. Yeah. All the people and the teacher too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think your high school what you learned in high school is helping has helped in like what what do you think was the most helpful from high school that helped in your college transition honestly I think that 
it's a, this is gonna sound really really strange but regent's bio has really? like yeah i'm not ninth even joking grade. but ninth grade shout out to mr croce he was like he was a great teacher but <laughs> so much that i learned in that class has like followed through to every like every biology class i've had mm-hmm. like starting from like animal physiology which i had to take in my first year to even mm-hmm. like some like biochemistry Mm-hmm. I actually learned like a lot of the basics in that class, which was like pretty crazy to me. Yeah, I think I didn't take AP bio. And so I also agreed that Regents bio. So I guess in New York State, they have the Regents exam, which is like the standard standard biology for, for yeah. high schoolers. So I feel like that that background. So I took it in ninth grade and I didn't take any biology until sophomore year of college. But I did do, like, we did have, like, other outside, like, biology stuff. So I feel like that helped, too. But I feel like Regents Bio set the foundation for yeah. for the rest of the biology that we're learning. I think that's really interesting. And yeah. I was surprised. I thought you were going to say something like AP Chem or, or, like, oh, study skills or something like that. <laughs> but I liked, I liked that answer, Regents Bio. Speaking on, the, like, the subject of courses, do you have any favorite courses that you've taken in college so far or that you're most looking forward to? Well, most looking forward to, I think maybe anatomy is something that I am looking forward to a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like my brother took anatomy, like just like this past uh, fall, and mm-hmm. he did say it was pretty hard. But uh, I kind of do like like human anatomy. And if we do get to go back in person later on, then we'll be able to do like dissections of cadavers mm-hmm. and things. Yeah. And I think that'll be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Is your brother in also in medicine? Yeah, he's also in medical school. Oh, okay. So yeah, he went the like a... traditional route. Yeah. Oh, nice. So what year is he? He's also, he's in his first year. Oh, nice. Nice. Exciting. So you guys can travel, travel the journey together like, yeah. good, to have like a, a strong social network and a strong support system and someone who knows what you're going through. I feel like that is, that is really helpful for medical school. Yeah. Like medical school burnout is a real thing. And a lot of people, like they don't really focus on their, on their mental health, but that's something that you know, if you do plan on going through this path, you need to, you need to take care of. Mm-hmm. So just having like someone to support you and someone who knows what you're going through, I do think, yeah, that will be something that's pretty valuable. Mm-hmm. What else do you think is, is helping you to, to like relieve your stress? Like what hobbies would you, I feel like in, in college people start taking up new hobbies, whether it's because of like they're maturing or they're, they just have a different schedule and more time. What do you think has been your experience with that? Uh, so I, I'd say that there are a couple. One was calligraphy, which I actually started in high school mm-hmm. and I kind of just continued that. Mm-hmm. And another one was uh, rock climbing, which I picked up literally right after high school ended. Mm, rock climbing. Do you still, I mean, not, not now, but like in yeah. co- like throughout college, you, you continue. Yeah, I did. I actually uh, started a rock climbing club at college and oh, nice. you go pretty much like every week like maybe two to three times so that was where, really fun where was the the gym for that uh, there were there are actually a couple near us so there's one on 129th street okay uh, it's actually like right next right next to some columbia buildings uh so there that's one and there's also one on like 125th street by the a train oh okay yeah so that's like a new one that was like opening up it wasn't like officially opened but we had some insider access because 
um, the club president was actually dating someone who worked there and was pretty high up. So uh, we got access to it pretty early. Connections. You need those connections for good climbing gyms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know there's, um, I think you mentioned like the one by 125th. I think in the Columbia's, one of the campuses, they have a like a special climbing wall. I haven't been inside, but I just mm-hmm. like, whenever we pass by when we're taking the shuttle or something, it's a clear glass building. And so you see everyone. Yeah, Is it, it that one? That's it, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's cool. And I just remember in high school, I don't know why, but in high school, everyone started climbing. Is like, yeah. Why was that a thing? Uh, so there was one person who like got into climbing and started working at a climbing gym. And like he got into it like super, super seriously. I don't oh. know if you remember uh, Daniel Wu. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, so he went super hard into climbing and like, he really enjoyed it and he started taking his friends and uh and then like all of the and everyone just started climbing and yeah I kind of got swept up into that and (laughs) I I feel like a lot of those people they don't really climb anymore but like a few of us like we just kept climbing and we loved it that's interesting that's really cool that's like that's a good way to get your endorphins up and just yeah you don't have to you just think about think about where your grip is and think about where you're stepping and then you don't have to think about any of the other stressors in your life there's also like an aspect to like problem solving when you're rock climbing um Mm. which is pretty nice and like instead of just like lifting weight mindlessly like you are thinking about like how you're going to tackle the problem oh that's interesting is it kind of like a diagnosis i don't know i'm just trying to make a connection (laughs) (laughs) maybe like a math problem oh yeah or like you kind of have to like apply different techniques Mm. like when you're going up and like just trying one, to take like the best route yeah if one way doesn't work out you have to do you have to go back and then kind of yeah so like if you back? fall if you fall then like or the the type of rock climbing that i do is called bouldering uh-huh. which is like you don't have a rope but you're not going as high like uh-huh. i think you max go like up to like 15 16 feet i mean which is pretty high but the, oh. yeah there's like a super super thick padding on the floor so like it's not bad mm-hmm. but Yes, it's mostly focused on like physical strength and like the routes are more like, like, yeah, problem solving based. So you have to think of like how you're going to tackle it, which hold you're going to go to next, like which hand you're going to grab it with, mm-hmm. which way you're going to like actually like hold on to it. Mm-hmm. So there's like, there are a number of factors that you have to consider. And mm. yeah, that makes it like pretty fun for me. What other kind of clubs are you involved in in school? Um, I think that's like my main one. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think first year I went overload on clubs and like I signed up for everything mm-hmm. and I didn't really end up like following through too heavily with anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I should only be doing things that I really enjoy. So then I kind of just like dedicated my time to the rock climbing club and now I'm the president. I think I, I kind of resonate with that because I feel like when we enter college, I think part of it is ourselves and part of it is like what we hear from other people that we should sign up for everything and see what what interests us and then try to do everything but then as you go through college as you become like a sophomore junior or senior you start realizing that there are certain things you want to stick with and there are certain things that make you actually happy and you want to do those things and you want to go to those club meetings and those are what eventually turn out to be really meaningful activities so I think that's a good piece of advice to keep in mind and anywhere you are if you're in high school or if you're in college or beyond so yeah Yeah, definitely Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And um, I guess talking about the people on your rock climbing team, there are, they're all part of, are they all part of the, the, your like program? Cohort? Is that what you call it? Like a, no, uh, we just call it our year. Okay. Uh, your year. Uh-huh. Uh, but no. So we are technically part of uh, the city college of New York. Mm-hmm. And while we have our own building and we're pretty separate from them, um, all of our, we are able to like use all their facilities and mm-hmm. like I go to any clubs there. So the club is part of uh, the city college of New York or CCNY. Mm-hmm. And that's because it, uh, Sophie Davis is pretty small and like we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have had enough members join for it to like actually be a club. Mm-hmm. So we opened it part of uh, CCNY and we actually do get like a pretty diverse uh, group of people come. How far away is the campus um, that you guys like at Sophie Davis have versus them? It's, a, it's probably like a five minute walk. Oh, really, okay. Yeah, That's literally so like right next door. Oh, nice. And then you guys are paired with which medical school and like, how does that? Uh, so does it's that? part of uh, the CUNY School of Medicine. Um, it's actually like a, it's a pretty new medical school. Like it's not where we have a preliminary accreditation right now, but how it worked like at first what like the program was is that you are at Sophie Davis for five years so like your first two years of medical school that's when you take like all your like traditional science classes and you take your step one exam at the end of those two years so after you do that you'd actually apply to different partnered medical schools where you do your rotations which is where you follow doctors of different like fields and you kind of get a sense of which field you like, which field you want to go into, you get that experience. Mm-hmm. So that was before. So you'd apply to different colleges, such as like, I think NYU was one of them, Dartmouth, uh, Stony Brook, SUNY Downstate, SUNY Upstate, Albany Medical College, and like one or two more. And so you'd apply to them and they'd accept you. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah, from the, you'd actually get your medical degree from one of those universities. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was before. But I think a couple of years ago, they decided that they wanted to keep everything in-house. Mm-hmm. So they opened up the CUNY School of Medicine. And yeah, so now you get like a degree from the CUNY School of Medicine and they partnered with a few hospitals and that's where you do your rotations. Oh, nice. And everything basically staying in the city, right? Even after when you're doing yeah. your rotations. You are like going to the Bronx though, for like for the most part for like your last two years. Mm-hmm. But there are some like options of which hospitals you you can go to. So mm-hmm. that is pretty nice. Like there are some lo- like locations in Long Island, in Staten Island, uh, in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So like depending on where you're living, you can kind of uh, sign up to do rotations at like a hospital close to you. Which specific medical fields do do students from Sophie Davis usually go into, if you know? Yeah. Uh, so like when the program first started out, it was mainly to promote like uh, primary care to uh, underrepresented minorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is like a very large uh, like minority population at Sophie Davis. I'd say like maybe like 70% of like Sophie Davis students are non-white uh, students. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to focus on like giving that opportunity to students who like normally like probably wouldn't be able to like go into medicine yeah mm-hmm. but yeah and the program has changed a bit so yeah it was before that if you wanted to go into something other than primary care you had to pay like a penalty 
Oh, really? Uh, yeah, you have to pay a penalty to like go into a different field. But they changed that now uh, ever since like they opened up the medical school in-house mm-hmm. that you can go into whatever field you want. And there are like clubs uh, that like now focus on like getting students into like whatever field they want. So uh, there's like pediatrics, uh, orthopedic surgery, ophthalmology, like everything. Mm-hmm. So students can get that like experience from like early on to figure out what, where they want to go. Mm-hmm. If you want to explain to to our audience, like, what is primary care and what is yeah. outside of primary care? So primary care is like your general physician. So someone who'd like give you your physical, like you'd go to if you have like any like basic problems, you're not feeling well, you'd go to them. And like, then they'd refer you to other doctors if like, mm-hmm. if need be. Uh, so that's what like primary care is. And then uh, people who are in, in like different specialties, they go into like focus on other parts of the body. So like one example would be uh, ophthalmology, for example, like you're only focusing on the eyes, but general, um, like primary care physicians, they kind of have like that broad range of knowledge where they do know about like every part of the body. And like, then they like, they can see like what's wrong and then refer you to where you need to go. I know you mentioned the white coat ceremony is now kind of being, it, it was virtual for, for the last class. And then now it might be in person, depending on how things might go. How has COVID affected your transition into med school? Do you think? I think that it's had like, it's had a pretty big effect on us. Um, just like having all our classes that were supposed to be in person and kind of losing like the drive you normally have while you're in person and like you're physically attending lectures. Um, I think that COVID has kind of like dampered that and it's been a little bit hard to just like stay motivated, but at the same time, class doesn't stop and you have to just like keep doing your best. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's also like hindered like extracurricular activities, not being able to do anything while we don't really need to worry about like how medical schools will see it because we're locked in. Um, That has been like, like one good thing about like being in a, in a BSMD program. Mm. And how have your lab classes been affected if, if you had lab classes? Uh, so we actually didn't have any labs, but like talking to some of like the younger students, like students like one or two years below me, all of their labs are virtual. And instead of like actually participating in the labs, um, it's pretty much the lab instructor does them and they just like watch it or they use some like software to see it happening. Mm-hmm. And then they just have to do the reports based on that. Yeah. So they don't really get that experience. Yeah, I think I took Orgo lab this past semester. And so we did, since we couldn't access the lab at Columbia, we did four in-house experiments really? or like in our, in our homes with the materials that we had. And then for the rest of the semester, we watch online videos. And I think, I feel like, that process, I mean, the in-house labs were really fun. And I think that being able to to see the labs done correctly, <laughs> like without so many mistakes, I feel like that was a good, like theoretical learning process. Just like seeing my lab professor like perform everything and then like we get the data and we write the lab report. Um, but I think it would be fun like if we could go back and do it in person too, just to see, yeah. just to get the actual feel of it. Mm-hmm. Did you have any expectations going into Sophie Davis? And like, were those expectations met? Were they not met? Or how has, how has your outlook changed? 
great question. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say that I was pretty cynical actually going into Sylvie Davis. I wasn't sure how it would be. And, you know, I didn't have like very many expectations, but surprisingly, I'd say like the one thing that's, um, that's kind of exceeded those expectations are the people that I've met. And I've made some really good friends and, you know, we've just like going through everything together is like something that like I really liked. And, you know, we've always been there for each other, like in terms of like classes, in terms of like, just like support mm -hmm. to lean on if like I'm going through a hard time. So yeah, that's been really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I feel like whenever we think of colleges or whenever we think of medical schools, we, we focus a lot on the I mean, obviously, like we have to focus a lot on like what the school is offering, the curriculum and how everything is structured. But then we forget that there are real people that are attending these schools, such as our, like yourself and myself, um, and that like the human connection is really important. And so I feel like, yeah, as long as you, you meet a good group of people that you really can connect with and that you can really fit in well with, and it just makes you feel a lot more comfortable in the space. How has your experience been? what you were expecting and how it's actually been. Yeah, what was I expecting? I think maybe this this notion came from like watching too many um, teen movies. <laughs> Cause I like going in and you see like people vlogging and everything and it's, you are expecting, I guess what I was expecting would be like, oh my gosh, college is gonna be like 100% like all fun and like all social life and everything. But when you go in after orientation week, you realize that you know, you have to study. It is college. The courses are, I would say, more difficult than um, high school courses. And so, you know, it really is a lot of studying too, in addition to what you see in the movies and what you see on YouTube. So I feel like that is something that people realize like right when they get into college. Yeah. Other than that, I was maybe coming from like our school district and our, our part of New York, I was really like pleasantly surprised by how diverse it was and meeting people from different backgrounds and different communities. I think that was like, that is just like a, it was really eye-opening and I just made many, many new friends and many good friends that way. So, and people are just, people are just very talented and in, in things that you don't expect them to be like in music or in just like in, they're like super talented artists and things like that. So I'm just, very in awe of that so yeah I think I guess that just ties into the people like you were saying like meeting the people there mm -hmm. yeah for sure I do agree on that like just like the diversity mm -hmm. like in college is really nice like coming from like where we came from <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure for sure let's see what else about Sophie Davis do you think people should know who are applying with BSMD programs, like in general, it is like, it is pretty random whether you're going to get in or not. Like, that's just like one thing. Like, there are like a lot of applicants and there are generally like a few seats. So even if you're like very highly qualified, like it literally just takes like one person having a bad day, like one, admission, one admissions officer having a bad day, having a really good day that can determine whether or not you get in. Mm -hmm. So the best thing to do is to just keep your expectations low, but be hopeful. Okay. So, yeah. And also they do like Sophie Davis, like in particular, they do like to see some sort of commitment to helping like the underserved populations. That's just like one big focus of like the program is that they want like people who, who would be committed to like helping people who like, who need the help the most. 
I think that's good advice. And also like really think about if that is what you truly are interested in, definitely going into it, making sure you, I guess you match with the values of the institution that you're applying to. And that's really important because that'll make, yeah, definitely. that'll make your experience a good experience. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the majority of students here do have that point of view. Mm-hmm. So just being with like, like-minded individuals is like, you know, it does foster like great community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for these programs, you first have to apply to the undergrad and then you also have like a somewhat separate medical school application. So like, when you first apply to the medical school, like on your like to the undergrad on your Common App, um, you'll have to like fill out everything, and then they'll usually have like a bullet point or like a bullet pointed question: Are you applying to this program? And like the name of like the medical program. And you, if you select yes, then it opens up like some extra essays or like a different part like of uh, things you have to complete for that program. Um, so. Like for example, um, like one program that I applied to was like the Boston University, like BSMD program. So for that, um, you had to, I think I had to complete like an extra like three essays as well as like get additional forms filled in and mm-hmm. like mail those over. So, you know, it is a little bit like more time consuming. So if you do plan on going through like the application process, you have to be on top of your things early on mm-hmm. just because like there are deadlines to meet like you have to, for that specific program, you have to get two additional letters of recommendation from teachers from high school from like specific classes. So you need one from like a social studies teacher as well as one from, I think a math teacher or a science teacher. So you have to know like early on that, hey, I have to reach out to these teachers and get a letter of recommendation. So just like staying on top of things and organizing everything so that you know when your due dates are, what forms you need to get filled out what essays you need to complete. Um, that's something that's very important. Right, because essentially you're applying to your BS and your MD. So it's, yeah. the process is probably more complex than if you're just applying for your, your bachelor's. Yeah, and after you send out like that application, then the university will reach out to you or from like the medical school, someone will reach out to you and you'll usually have an in-person interview at the, at the college that you have to attend for like the second part of it mm-hmm. so like if they like your application like you'll make the night you'll make it to the next part and then you have your in-person interviews that uh give you a sense of like what the program is really like you'll meet some students and then you'll have like a couple of interviews with the uh, faculty or with students from like the from like the program and yeah that's also a big part of your application what do you think were the most important resources for you to understand I know you talked about the mentorship in Sophie Davis do you think that yeah. speaking with the the current students during your interview process was that helpful I think it really was it was something that you when you talk to a student like who's actually going through it you get a sense of what the program will actually be like for you mm-hmm. and well what I really liked was that the students that I talked to didn't really sugarcoat anything, you know, they, they spoke about their experience and, you know, the realities of college. So I didn't think that I was like, I didn't get like the same sense of how everything was going to be like super fun and, you know, just like uh, and candy movies. and rainbows. <laughs> yeah. But you get that sense that, you know, you do have to work hard and, but if you do work hard, it will pay off. Yeah, I think it's good to know the reality, like the, 
like so that you would you have good preparation going in on what to expect and you won't be surprised or shocked by that so yeah so yeah I have a question for you actually Caroline yeah, uh-huh. yeah you mentioned that you first in your first year you got into like a lot of different clubs and, mm. and that kind of like narrowed down like yeah like later on what are some of those clubs that you are interested in and like what do you do in those clubs? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think in my first year, so this was, maybe this was just like for the first year because it was based on the residence hall I was living in. So in podcast one, if you listen to that, if you didn't, then listen to that after this one. Um, I was president of hall council. So that was fun. So basically what that was, is kind of like student council before your residence hall. And so we plan a lot of fun activities and fun events. And because it was specifically a first year dorm, It was really nice because everyone is coming from a different place. We don't really know each other yet, but then I feel like we were able to foster a good sense of community there. And so that was Hall Council. And then other ones that I'm currently still in, I'm in SEBS. So Scientists and Engineers for Better Society. I'm also president for that for this academic year. And so before that, I I had experience as the finance director for it. So what we do is like we, we try to provide some mentorship and also just like supplemental education to students around Morningside Heights and Harlem. Um, and on campus, we hold events like Fall for Science or Spring into Science. They're just cute events like those where we have science-based activities just to really help to foster an early interest in the sciences, like regardless of the field in technology and engineering and math even um, by doing that. So those are a couple of activities. And I feel like we do have a lot of culture clubs. So I'm not technically a member of a culture club, but they do host other activities. So there were like fashion shows, culture shows. So I did take part in those. And I feel like those are really fun because you're on the, like they're organizing everything. And so you are going in, you're modeling their clothes. You're just like having fun being in the show. So that's a good experience. Yeah, I think I did watch those YouTube videos of yours. So Really? Uh, yeah, they were nice. Oh, if you yeah. haven't seen them, you should check them out. Thank you. Thank you all for plugging my stuff on the podcast. Yeah. So I'll probably link those somewhere up, up in the YouTube bar or in the description. So check those out. Yeah, I mean, in college, at the club fairs, I think I spoke about this in one of my like, college advice videos, but there's usually club fairs right do you guys have that too yeah so at the club fairs you will be introduced to a lot of different clubs and like obviously the different clubs will want you to join their club because they think their club is the best (laughs) and so they'll they'll have sign-up sheets and they'll have your emails like email inputting areas and so I feel like everyone's inbox the first month or the first even the first year of college (laughs) is just all the different clubs emailing you about their meeting times, about their applications. Um, And that might feel overwhelming. So I think if there's a club that you know you definitely will not join, then don't sign up for it. I don't think the people, like the people there who are promoting it will will not be offended if you do not sign up. Um, But if there's something that you you do have some interest in, definitely put that on your your list. Um, And then you'll you'll narrow it down. Like Bilal was saying, like first year, people will typically join a lot of or join as in like sign up for a lot of different clubs. And then as you go on throughout your years, you'll narrow everything down and then you'll stick with like Bilal was sticking with rock climbing, which is a fun sport. I have never tried that. Yeah, I feel I like I, maybe I'll try should. it someday. Maybe yeah. I'm just scared of, of rock climbing, but. 
but yeah, I hundred I a hundred percent agree with like that sentiment of signing up for everything and then you're just bombarded with emails mm -hmm. and you're just like why did I do that mm -hmm. like I actually st still do get emails from clubs that I have not once attended same, and so same. yeah so yeah you're better off just like sticking to what you really enjoy mm -hmm. um I know for like for me uh some of the clubs did like offer incentives to sign up like really? they give you like a cupcake or some candy yeah, or something. yeah they do like the candy or they yeah. give you a sticker and yeah so it is really tempting to sign up for everything but like at the same time like do know that you're going to be like blasted with like a ton of emails and so just be smart about it yeah and sometimes <laughs> this is just talking about listservs so when you unsubscribe from a listserv some people like there's usually an unsubscribe button at the bottom or something yeah. where you can just reply to the person who put you on the list. Some people forget about that. And then they reply all and then the thousands of students on that listserv all get it. And then someone else replies to that and they reply all. And then there was once an entire chain of maybe like 50 something emails. It was yeah. like, it became a joke kind of, but it was a back and forth of everyone just saying, can I unsubscribe? Or like people are just like, people like do not reply all and then everyone it was funny it was funny I've definitely seen like one or two of those happen mm -hmm. like it's like comic relief in your email inbox and talking about comic relief or any type of stress relief what else do you do in college that like for fun or what else do you enjoy one thing that like I honestly didn't think I'd get into but I have is uh Korean dramas <laughs> <laughs> so like honestly I'd like no interest in them whatsoever um not even like not k-pop not korean dramas like uh but I had this one friend like a really good friend who like really enjoyed them mm -hmm. and she kind of like pushed me into watching them she was like okay like we're on break right now so you have to give a, one a shot with me just Wait, like so your winter break was your first exposure to k-dramas not not this break like oh, maybe okay. a year ago oh I see. yeah I think so yeah so it's, it's, been a, it's been a little bit of time, maybe two years. I honestly don't remember. Actually, it might have, no, I do think it was one year. One year. So, yeah. So she was, was like, a college friend? This was a college friend, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so she was like, okay, um, hop on like uh, a Google Hangouts with me and we'll just watch. And, you know, if you don't like them, then okay, you don't have to continue with them. But if you do, then uh, yeah, just keep watching. And so we watched, I think, Goblin together. Mm -hmm. That was the uh, first one. And with his hair. Yeah. The Goblin hair. That started Iconic. the trend in Korea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever? That was the first hair? one. I didn't. Like, um, my, hair, my hair just different. Like, it's more like, if it's short, it's more straight. But like, if I grow it out, it gets kind of wavy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I could never pull off the middle part. Got <laughs> a it's a lot of work like you wouldn't yeah. think that it just like to look to look like going you is a lot of work <laughs> yeah you have to be blessed with those genes a good hair what yeah. other what other dramas have you been watching so that was my first one and then I think my second one was Descendants of the Sun mm. which is another classic mm -hmm. that I really liked and from there I I was just like you know maybe there's something here actually so then I just started watching a bunch and I actually really enjoy I've I think I've enjoyed almost everyone. Yeah. I just everyone, I feel like yeah. I was gonna say everyone get out a pen and paper and write these down and this is your homework assignment. Yeah. <laughs> on the podcast. I feel like that 
Korean dramas are a lot different than like typical like American ones or mm -hmm. like ones from like the Western world mm -hmm. in that a lot of the plots the like they aren't afraid to like have super out there plots or like ones that are just like crazy because yeah. I feel like a lot of like detective shows like from the U.S. and like they're they're pretty similar but mm -hmm. like you know there are tropes and stuff in Korean dramas but you can find like almost any any topic that you like you can find something like a drama about it yeah that's like one thing that's been like pretty surprising to me what has been your favorite so far my favorite is like I really like the corruption like exposing types of dramas Ooh. like there's like one like government institution or something that's like super corrupt or like the police and they're trying to cover something up and then there are people trying to expose that and <laughs> it's just like that sense of justice you feel at the end like if they're successful it's like it's like it's like euphoric <laughs> is that the one with i haven't watched it but is it suzy and isungi yeah yeah that's called that that one's vagabond oh, it's, oh okay it's that one's so fun. good so good oh yeah i know i think i i started watching korean dramas more in when i was like 13 12 13 <laughs> this was the summer we were trying to we were going to fly to Taiwan. And so there's a time difference, right? And so we were trying to stay yeah. up and adjust for the jet lag before we got on the plane. And that was when we, were, we started watching Korean dramas like the entire night. And we watched Boys Over Flowers. And mm. then after that, Playful Kiss. And then, I don't know, just like intermittently started watching throughout the my teenage mm. years. And then now I think... I sometimes watch with my sister or my mom, mom if they're watching, but I haven't actually sat down and watched a good Korean drama for for a long time. <laughs> Boys Over Flowers is definitely a classic. Mm -hmm. Gu Jinpyo, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I really had second male syndrome there. What was that second? What syndrome? Second male syndrome or second Wait, male syndrome. Thing? Yeah, it's actually a thing where like you feel like the not like the main protagonist but like the secondary character should mm -hmm. actually end up with like with the girl that's a thing it's I a thing that, yeah oh that's so funny i'm gonna look <laughs> yeah. this up after that is so interesting that they have that is it only for yeah. korean dramas uh i don't know but i first heard of it like through k-dramas how would you fit your k-dramas into your daily life like what is a typical day in the life it depends on like if i'm busy or not but I would generally make time just to like watch something or just for some free time to do something else. Mm -hmm. I think that one real one, a very important part of college is getting that sense of balance in your life, having enough like social, having a social life, but being able to focus on your studies as well as having time to yourself mm -hmm. is something that you do need to develop during your time in college. Mm -hmm. And you really get the sense of importance when you are like swamped with work and like you're just like constantly grinding, but you do need that time to yourself. And just like establishing that early on is something that like I would recommend to everyone. Mm -hmm. So for me, I would, I'm like a super, super night owl. So if it means like sacrificing sleep, like I'll stay up like super late as long as I can get like some time to myself. So mm -hmm. even like during like super busy, like finals week, I'll set aside like hours to study but then at least like one hour for me to do something like watching a Korean drama, like watching some YouTube or doing some calligraphy. Mm -hmm. Like um, that's something that like I learned to like prioritize for myself because like, I don't think I'd be able to function if I don't have that like mental break. Mm -hmm. 
Do you use GCal or do you use calendars? Calendars. Like I've tried to get into it, but there comes a point where I just forget like mm-hmm. to use it. And like, I, I realized that I'm pretty good at just like keeping myself like mentally organized. And like, I have this at this time, this at that time, like I'm on schedule. So oh, that's, a, yeah. that's like a talent because I feel like I have to write everything down in my GCAL. And then if I don't do it, I, I'll move it down a little bit, <laughs> but I feel like it's good to have it in your mind because then you don't even have to look at an agenda or anything like that yeah I, I could just never get into like having an agenda like even early on like I think like even in elementary school right they made us have one I think for a lot of people it did some set uh, foundation for like using mm-hmm. agendas because I do know a lot of people who do use them and yeah. they are still useful for a lot of people so if that's you then go with it if you were to use would you choose an electronic agenda or something that you could see by hand I really think I, I'd say probably an electric one just because um, I may forget, like forget something at home or at school. True, true. I think like, especially when I was younger, like my mom used to call me like the, the forgetful scientist just because oh. like, I was like, I was like smart and everything. Like, but like my one problem was I would always forget something at school, like homework or something. And I'd get in trouble for that like in your locker and then when you're opening yeah backpack, you're like oh, where is that yeah and oh. I've had to go to school like after after class just to pick something up before too like when I was younger but thankfully I've uh, I've gotten better at that do you think that so. being being in college has like, immediately taught you that that skill or that improved your memory um, maybe a little just like having that sense of like greater importance to uh, your assignments and things because they do affect your grade and just knowing that it's like it's made me like double check everything like so if I'm leaving class I'll be like do I have everything like do like a mental check do I have like my pencil case do I have my laptop do I have my phone like everything so so yeah that's that's been pretty helpful also I think because we're not like in normal circumstances we wouldn't be living at home we would be living like in the city knowing that we have to be independent and that our moms aren't there to drive us back to school to get everything. I feel like that also makes you double check. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. There is like a greater sense of like individuality, I'd say, Mm -hmm. like, and independence where you are kind of like figuring things out on your own. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like you have friends and things, but there isn't like your parent, like going around telling you what you need to do. So you kind of have to like, again, like figure that out. How have the, do you think the professors, how, how have they been different from high school teachers? So I'd say that professors do care about you, but it's not like to the same extent of, of like your high school teachers. Like high school teachers, like one thing that like, you know, I really look up to about them is that they're there for you, like even outside of the classroom. And like, if you're having some problem, you can go to them and talk to them. A lot of professors are like, just are there and like, they have their like their own things going on with like research and um, and so they aren't as available to you in college. But, yeah, in college, like yeah, but there are a lot of professors who do really care about their students. And if you're having like academic problems, you can reach out to them. But I don't know so much about like any like social problems or if you're just like feeling burnt out. Like mm-hmm. there are people you can go to. Yeah, I will say that they do. You guys also have advisors. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So advisors would be kind of like your guidance counselors in in high school, but just in the college sense. 
Um, and also your professors, <laughs> I think they, they do have office hours, which are, we used to call them extra help. And so when we got into college, I didn't know what office hours were, but office hours, mm-hmm. I don't know if some, some high schools call them office hours, but they're just basically extra help hours or just appointment meeting times with your professors. And during those, I feel like mainly they're about academics, but then if you, if you want to chat or if your professor has some time, people will go and chat with them. I actually have never been to an office hour before. Really? Yeah. Is it because, is there any reason just you didn't need to? Uh, yeah, I just don't think I've needed to so far. I think initially I would be a little bit scared to go, but then as the year went on, I'm like, okay, I, I mean, I need this, so I'm just going to go. And then the professors are just really nice about it, um, especially if it's your first year, because they know that you you just got into college, and so you're trying to figure out everything. Um, and they're nice and welcoming at office hours. So if, I would say if you are hesitant about that in the future just go for it yeah I think they'll be, they won't be mad at you or anything for quick. It's, it's also like definitely a good time to get that like like get a sense of like what the professor is like outside of outside of the classroom mm-hmm. and like building connections as well yeah and I guess we were talking about before we went on the office hours tangent uh, we were talking about planning out kind of planning out the days so how would your how would your like start to your morning? Like what time would you wake up? You said you were a night owl, right? Yeah. So what time do you, would you wake up on a normal day for class? Like when we were in person and how would your entire day just go? Yeah. So I was pretty lucky in that like maybe once or twice a week, I'd have like a class before 12. Mm-hmm. So like if I had an early class, I'd kind of just set like an alarm for mm-hmm. maybe like 15 minutes before class. Because, like, luckily, like, I live, like, literally, like, a five-minute walk from from my classes, so. Was it a peaceful walk or, like, a speed walk? Uh, it's been definitely a speed, <laughs> a speed walk. walk. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but, like, in, like, when it's, like, cold outside, like, especially during the fall, like, like it, it feels pretty pleasant. But, yeah, just wake up 15 minutes before class, uh, change, freshen up. Oh, you, I would usually grab, like, a couple of, like, clementines or something and just eat those, like, during class but uh yeah if but if I don't have class in the morning then I'll like sleep in a bit wake up maybe like two hours before class um like make some breakfast like maybe a friend will pop by mm-hmm. uh like we have breakfast together study a bit um and yeah and then head to class um a lot of my classes actually they're pretty like separated so I'd have like an hour or two of break in between nice. okay. so we have like a lounge that I'd go to and if I have any work, then I would like just sit down do some work. But if I were free, then um, I'd like with some friends, we would play like card games or uh, play some, some dominoes. We actually also had like a table tennis. We had table uh-huh. tennis and like a pool table in the lounge. So those are also things we would do like during our free time. This lounge, is it? It's your building specific for... Building specific, yeah. Okay. So that's one place we'd go, or like we would go to like a halal cart outside Mm -hmm. of like campus, grab some food, come back in and eat quickly uh, before class, then go to class. And then if it's like the last class of the day, then we would kind of just like talk about what we're going to do. Because a lot of my friends were commuters or are commuters. So they would have to like grab a train back home. And so... If they were free to stay, then maybe we'd go out and do something. Or if like we have an exam, to, like we'd all head to the library and study. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it kind of it just depends on 
like how busy you are because I feel like college like hits you in waves like there are some like periods when you have nothing going on and like you have a lot of free time but then there are others where like it seems like all of your classes have exams and you have to like you just have to focus on those so there's not much you can do yeah I just remember this was in multi we had the I had a conversation with Dr. D Mm -hmm. and then I feel like I was just like I had a lot of I I forgot if it was in the fall or the spring but I just had a lot of things on my plate and then D was like it's like yeah like everything just comes in waves like all of a sudden you're like peacefully relaxing enjoying your life and then all of a sudden you're just like I have to do this 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 and this and it's just it's something to get used to because like you have midterm seasons and final season and then in between you might have some papers or something like that but yeah yeah, it is kind of wave based yeah like once you're done with those exams then like you don't really have anything going on for a while so you do have like a little bit of a, a little bit of a break and some freedom to do what you want yeah yeah. So, season. <laughs> yeah. So after class, like if no one's free, I would do some work and then like towards like seven o'clock, I would go to like to the rock climbing gym. If mm-hmm. we have, uh, even if we didn't have like a club meeting, um, I would still, I'd still like just try and go and like get a workout in um, mm-hmm. also just to relax. And then I'd go home or I'd go back to my apartment, uh, eat, and yeah, just study if I have work to do. If not, then I just uh, relax some more, like watch something, uh, call a friend and talk. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but I think one thing that I was like surprised about was I thought I'd cook a lot more in college, but I would go home every weekend and my mom would just pack food for me. Oh, <laughs> so I just end up eating that throughout the week. That's a good thing was, about being, nice. close, being close to home. You can just take the train back and then yeah. a couple of subway rides and then be back at school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would also go home on the weekends when I had a chance. I think it's a nice, nice, um, nice to be around your family and just like a yeah. system too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like you yeah. kind of miss that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you live with a roommate in? I didn't actually. Okay. Like I kind of like I wasn't when I first like got there, I wasn't sure about what I wanted, like, about, like, what to do, or, like, I, because the dorms there aren't, aren't actually that nice, and so I went to get something off campus, and mm-hmm. I figured that, okay, like, for a year at least, I'd have something by myself, and then as I make friends, then maybe move in with a roommate, oh, but yeah. I actually really enjoyed living by myself, and just, like, not having to worry about other people or like if I'm disturbing them or not Mm -hmm. uh, that was something that like I pleasantly enjoyed and then if I if I was lonely or something I could just invite friends over and have some company yeah that's nice and you said that like a lot of your friends were commuters right does that mean that most of them I mean most of them must have lived like in the city is there yeah Mm -hmm. or like not too far like I'd say the general like population of Sophie Davis are New York based Mm -hmm. probably like 90 97 percent of people are from New York. Like, I, like there aren't too many people from upstate, but everyone like generally is from like Brooklyn, from the Bronx or from Long Island. Um, I had some friends from Queens that would commute, a um, mm-hmm. couple from Brooklyn. So it would be like an hour, like back and forth to college and back. That's good. Did you ever kind of explore the different boroughs with your, your friends who were like, who lived there? 
Um, I definitely went out to Queens more, I'd say, and Brooklyn. Like those are, I would go like occasionally when I was younger, but not really like before college, like not really at all. So that was nice. Or like if I went with my family, like we'd usually have something in mind to go there for. Mm -hmm. And so just being able to go and do what I want, that's, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Would you say that the other, you said like 97% were New York. Would you say the other 3% were around the tri-state area, like the, like New Jersey or just like areas around New York? It's pretty random actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Would you There's get... some people from like Arkansas, from oh. Tennessee. Yeah. From Texas, like all over. Oh, nice. And... I, I wanted to ask this, but um, about the K-drama topic, do you have any recommendations for people who do not watch K-dramas, but are interested in getting into them? What K-dramas would you recommend them to watch first and why? Okay, so I think it depends on like, first on like what what topics you enjoy <laughs> or like, so if you do like the romance types, um, I would say that Boys Over Flowers is actually like a classic for a lot of people. Like it's a classic for a reason, but it also is like very cheesy and like overdramatic. A lot of people like, do get hooked by that though. And so if you really like like romance ones that are like up and down, that's a good one. Uh, Goblin is also a very good one to get into. Just like the production quality as well as the story. It's so good. And like the ending just hits you really hard. I haven't, wa- I have, I've you like, haven't watched it. No, I haven't watched it in full. It's really good. Um, that's another one. If you like action ones, like the best action one is, is one called Healer. It has like two actors, uh, Ji Chang Wook and Park Min Young. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of them before. I've heard of Park uh, Min Young before. But they're, they're like super cute together in the drama. So oh. it's like there is some romance, but it's also like a lot of action and stuff. So that, that was really enjoyable. And if you do like the corruption, uh, uh, that topic, um, I would say Vagabond is one really good one. And another really good one is um, probably one called Stranger, which I'm watching right now. It's probably like one of the most, it's one of the most popular uh, dramas in terms of, uh, in terms of like ratings. Mm-hmm. So that's also a really good one. And a second season just came out recently. So um, there is more to watch if you get into it. So I think that is a good note to, to leave off on, um, talking about recommendations for, for stress relief and K-dramas, if you're into that. Do you have any um, like last words of wisdom for, for any, anyone going through the college application process or anyone just in college now yeah I think at the time of like filming this people are starting to get like responses from colleges or they will be getting them soon Uh, and so I would say that you probably have like a ton invested in like your applications and waiting to hear back from places but at the end of the day like you know how hard you work and through hard work you can get anywhere you want to so even if you don't get into the college of your choice you can as long as you work hard and you are determined, you can do whatever you want with your life. So don't let like one, one no prevent you from living the life you want. Agreed. And remember that you are probably 18, 19, you still have your whole life ahead of you, even though like being 18, 19 seems like, I mean, it is your whole life already, but just remember yeah. you still have so many years ahead and you can do anything you want with those. Yeah, you never know what the future has in store. 
and for people in college right now. Um, yeah, just like if you haven't already, figure out like how to balance your life is like the number one thing I could tell you. Just like being able to balance everything, knowing when when you need a break, uh, when you want to devote time to like having some social life, um, so, and but also knowing uh, when you need to really devote yourself to your studies is something that uh, you, that you should work on and try and get a sense of that early on. Mm-hmm. Agreed, hundred percent. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to plug or shout out? Um, not really, but definitely check out Caroline's YouTube channel. Uh, <laughs> It, it is really nice to see. Um, I think that we have one really old Spanish project we work on. We worked on together as yes, one of your like, very first videos. That was from ninth grade. That was from ninth grade of high school. Yeah. So long ago. Yeah, Bilal's in that. So you might recognize him from there. So <laughs> be sure to check that out. <laughs> um, let's try. Let's try this new thing on the podcast where we do a virtual high five. Okay. We might have to do multiple takes of this um, to get it right because I think I'm on the right side of the screen, but I think Bilal's on the right side of the screen for his, but we'll just try it. Okay, ready? I'm gonna do my left hand first. Okay, three, two, one, clap. Okay, and then I'm gonna try the other side, ready? Three, two, and then you stay on the same side. Yeah. Three, two, one, clap. Okay, yay! And to wrap up the podcast, if you're watching this as a video podcast on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and comment down below what you'd like to see next in the different episodes. Um, And if you're listening to this on any other podcast streaming platform, then be sure to follow and like as well. And I think that is all. Thank you for listening and tuning in. And thank you so much to Bilal for sharing his wisdom and his experiences and his K-drama recommendations. I'm sure those will be super helpful for anyone going into college. Thank you so much for having me, Caroline. Of course. It was really nice to talk to you. Yeah, it was really good to catch up. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.